With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Get a quote at AAA.com slash insurance and save by bundling auto and home. Hello and welcome to this Foot Weekly podcast. On this episode, we're talking about something completely new to FIFA, and that is significant gameplay changes to FIFA 22 in July in title update number 14. We have with us on this podcast, the gameplay producer, to give his insights. On this episode, we'll be diving deep into those gameplay changes and finding out what the intention is behind them and what kind of impact we can expect. If you're on PC, this update will be out, and if you're on console, it will be soon. If you'd like to see the written notes for this update, then you can check out the link in the description. A big thanks to EA and particularly the gameplay team for making this podcast happen. And I can introduce a guest on so many Foot Weekly podcasts, Foot Legend, Air Japes. Hello. Hello, Ben. Happy to uh, be back chatting on another pod and a special one nonetheless. Mm. You know, it's a, a rarity for these to occur this way. So a tr- special treat over the summer. Yeah, it certainly is because we can introduce live gameplay producer, Sean. I probably should have checked this before we press record. <laughs> Pitch. Everyone gets it wrong. It's all good. Uh, the correct pronunciation is Pejic. Ah, uh, Pejic. Yes. Okay. was Pejic. overcomplicating a bit. Yeah. Um, but also I should apologize to Wrexham fans 2000 to 2009 who no doubt know how to pronounce <laughs> it. And I was going to say that brings us on to the point that not only are you a live gameplay producer, but you've played pretty high level football. Interesting at the moment with Wrexham back in the footballing spotlight. Yeah, you know what? Some history to the club. I played there for whew, almost 10 years when I was young, fit, and I had hair. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I um, grew up around the area. Um, but yeah, now seeing Wrexham in FIFA is pretty, pretty special. Yeah, yeah. Soft spot in my heart for, for Wrexham, so it's good to see them in the game. Well, that's what I was thinking. People have been crediting these Hollywood stars, but perhaps, uh, you know, you want to put it yourself? If I told you, I might have to kill you. He yeah. broke the deal. <laughs> <laughs> You mentioned more footballing history, but you're involved in Wrexham's Football League trophy win, right? That's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I won an happy trophy. Yeah, I was going to say, actually, having done my research, I did notice you were actually born in England. You played for Wales under-21s. You played in the US. And I was thinking this group, B group, with Wales, USA, Iran, England. Uh, How are you feeling about that one? You know what? It's a tough one this year for me. Because like like I said, I was born in England. Half of my family um, is Welsh, and my wife is from the U.S., uh, America. So, like, oh wow, there's going to be some big family tension during the World Cup. Um, and is your best mate from Iran? Because that would nice. I know. Complete, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not <laughs> sure my connections were. I got some friends from Iran actually. So obvious yeah. answer then is USA. But <laughs> <Just laughs> yeah, to make the wife happy. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I should say USA top. But uh, yeah, my I don't know. My gut feeling is uh, England. Then USA, then 
Wales and Iran fourth, just based on trying to make my family happy. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly closest to the Welsh side then. But actually, I mean, Wales finished above England, of course, in the Euros. So you never know. You're right. Here's the real question. How many goals does England score in the group stage? Oh, you know mm. what? They can't score right now. So <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> my, my gut feeling is saying they're in a bad, bad form right now. They can't score many goals. So I don't know. I'm going to say they're going to score three mm-hmm. goals. Yeah. It's like they win one, exactly. two one, maybe win one, one zero, and draw it nil nil, and that's the end of it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm pretty concerned about it. They're hardworking, defensively organized teams that are going to cause us problems. I think, and you're right, we probably won't get many goals. But what we're going to move on to actually is about adding more goals into the game. We'll talk about these changes that are coming. But first of all, just very quickly to start us off, is there anything, Sean, when you came into EA many years ago now that having been a footballer, you thought this is something that needs resolving changing improving yeah my first couple of things is what i was familiar with was defending so i I really wanted to focus on that as well as the positioning side of things i I saw some things from my own experience where i wanted to dive into and understand i've been on the game for 10 years and in that time i've had lots of input in in the gameplay uh, but yeah from the very first months first year those are the two that stood out to me i wanted to dive into straight away i think that one point of clarification that's probably useful for our audience here is like how would you describe the difference between being a gameplay producer and a like quote-unquote live gameplay producer yeah it's a good question um and it's very similar like i am still in in charge of gameplay and i've got experience in gameplay but the, the live aspect is more like communicating with our players you know like you guys the community um, trying to understand what people like with the game what don't they like about it or, or what things do we need to improve you know so there's that extra layer of trying to make the game fun for everybody you know and, and keep the game fresh and new so mm. we're always pulling that authentic versus fun kind of lever obviously we want to make a fun game but we, we do want to make it like a, a real football experience for people and um, it is a very tight line to get that right and also the extra lever in there is the we want to make this for everybody to play not just one group for example the the pro hardcore group is also a bunch of new people playing the game too beginners who want to try and learn the game and understand it and everyone in between too so there's lots of different types of the community we we look at and we want to try and please you know and make make this game fun for everyone so yeah those are definitely some of the things that i think about and i guess that brings us nicely actually onto what we're going to talk about because you've got in here both things to make it fun which we're going to go to first and then also some more balancing maybe feedback focused changes and i guess people will be aware this isn't something that normally happens at this point in the cycle typically there tends to be quite a long wait between the last gameplay update and the new game just wondering what the thought process is behind having an update like this yeah it's um like you said it's a new thing we've, we've not done this before this late in the game i mean the purpose of this is to, to refresh gameplay you know make it a, a new experience for people um the idea is to focus more on the attacking side of things um to give you more attacking options but also there's an extra layer of like we, we talk to the community, we, we understand that some maybe some balance concerns. So some of these changes are to refresh the game, add some more tools on the attacking side, but some of them are also tied into trying to um, tweak the game to based on feedback from the community as well. So yeah, there's 10 changes in total, which is exciting. Yeah, looking forward to going through them. And I've got the notes in front of me, but I should also say, if you'd like to see these visually as we talk about them, then you can head over to the Foot Weekly Podcast YouTube channel 
and see clips of many of these in action. The other thing to add is that these are changes for both old and next gen, so no matter what version of the game you're playing, you will see these. And the first one for me, definitely the most exciting looking, is the proper introduction of the knuckleball. Ooh. So increase the likelihood of the knuckleball shot occurring when requesting a high-powered shot while the ball is 2.2 feet from the player's feet. The shot angle needs to be forward and towards where the player is facing. Looks like a fun one. Is the knuckleball, it is in the game because you can do it from free kicks, right? Yeah, you're right. You can do it for free kicks, but it's so hard, almost impossible to do when you're just dribbling and want to take a, a shot right. in, okay. in game. So this change actually allows it to happen in the right context though. So like, like you said, it's um, facing towards the goal when there's a little bit of distance between you um, as the dribbler and the ball, like I said, two point, roughly 2.2 feet away. So the ball has to be a little bit ahead of you. So you need to do like maybe a little bit of a heavy touch or a very small knock-on just to create that separation between you and the ball. And if you're facing towards mm -hmm. the goal, you kind of do high power, relatively high power with just laces, just a B button. Then yeah, you, you increase the chance of getting a knuckleball where the ball, where you kick the ball from a shot and the ball moves in the air and it sways left, right, and it kind of goes around the air a little bit and uh, hopefully goes into the top corner. So, yeah, it's a really cool new thing where it should ideally tr make people try and do these long-range screamers from outside the, the penalty area, like just basically smash the shot and um, you'll, you'll, you'll see the ball moving in the air. And also the keeper, if you get one of these knockable shots, the keeper might be a little bit slower reacting or you might guess one way and go the other way you know and it, and it kind of looks um, like you should intend to get more goals in that that way mm. does it impact the accuracy of the shot at all it does not Im impact the accuracy of the shot no it's just a different type of trajectory to get to the to the goals so the accuracy will still be the same like if you do it with a really low rated player then it we will still probably go wide and high and wide but if you do it with a good player then it'll still be on target but that's that's all the same there's no changes to that it's just to change the different type of trajectory mm, but it does increase the chance of you scoring it because it might deceive the keeper perhaps mm -hmm. do you think ideally you should, you should score more goals for, for doing this because the keeper will be mm. slightly uh, less accurate at saving them but there is a chance that if you do higher power then it might have a knuckleball effect and it might just hit the post or might just curve away and go over the crossbar you know so like it, it does depend on mm. the, um, the physics of the air and the, the ball physics and how it moves in the air you know so there is some sort of like kind of lucky hopefully happens but that's kind of like real life too when you do a knuckleball shot from outside mm. the area you don't really have control over it. you just kick it really hard and then rely on the ball physics to kind of like hopefully hit the right place on the net you know so that's um idea yeah it reminds me of finesse shot trait actually which a lot of people think increases the accuracy but it actually just changes the trajectory of the shot so it's more likely to beat the keeper because it has more curve i think uh, we should probably move on to the next one which is low driven shots interested to see how this one plays out as well it says here greatly increased the accuracy of lower mid-powered low shots so it says greatly so i guess it's going to be quite big and this says significant reduction on shot spread for low to mid power low shots now, I guess there's going to be some concerns because it used to be a real meta, a real go-to, the low-driven, but I haven't really seen, apart from at the start of the cycle, anyone really using it. So I guess potentially, Sean, just encourage more use of different shot types. Yeah, I think you uh, you kind of mentioned it. Like you said, I don't think many people use it just because of the success rate of 
um, asking for a low shot and actually scoring them or hitting the target was was quite low. Most commonly, when you try to use it, it would sometimes feel like it would kind of trickle along the ground and go wide of the net. So, like, the, it wasn't. It didn't feel quite beneficial enough to try it. So, if we start to see more more low shot goals going in, or even makes you think, oh, maybe I should try a low shot in this type of situation, then. Um, that's the idea that's the intention behind it nice and we can move on to the next one which is finesse shots just a quick one no clip for this but slightly increase the effectiveness of finesse shots in potential goal scoring situations in which the ball carrier isn't under heavy pressure from a defender or goalkeeper and actually japes you had a few concerns about this one yeah i mean there's a cohort of the player base that um have said at one point or another that finesse shots might be too effective from range any concern on your side? I think I know the context what you're talking about. It's like outside the penalty area, yeah, kind of a little bit of an angle. You, There's the spot. That one spot, right? <laughs> far post, you just whip it in there, far post. Which like if you'd see your favorite player scored on a you know, on a Saturday, you'd be over <laughs> the moon and talk about it. <laughs> well the thing is I remember seeing sort of score a goal like that in real life in person and thinking what a goal not crazy but very impressive yeah it feels like a super realistic yeah, goal yeah exactly and, and then later in the day I was seeing someone score it on FIFA and thought no not <laughs> having that at all I know right it's fun scoring them but conceding them it's not so not so fun is it but um, I think you're right though the frequency of scoring those in FIFA I think is a little bit too high I think like you said it's it's a rare thing that happens in real world and if it happens rarely it, it feels amazing but I think just in, in FIFA right now it, it's happening just a bit too often so the intention for this update um, is not to add to that type of context like we, we on purpose stayed away from that that one we're describing outside the box, you're kind of shaping it up far post. So this intention of this patch shouldn't touch that. It should be the same. But the change we're making in this update is more on the easier context. So more when you're one-on-one with a goalkeeper, you're facing towards the goal and there's no one around you and you just want to like fight side foot the ball, finesse shot in the side of the net, for example. So like the intention is to increase the effectiveness of those ones um, a little bit more. So if it's more difficult, like you're outside the box or you're under pressure or you're doing like a 90 degree shot, then that shouldn't be affected. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's the intention to not to try and increase that those world beater backstick goals that I mean, happen all the time. Yeah, increasing the effectiveness in good to great goal scoring opportunities to me is like a really, really exciting change. I think I find myself far too often thinking that I need to do a ball roll and try to like take it around the keeper. Or like change the direction versus just taking, you know, versus slotting it into the corner. Everything that you're mm. taught uh, from the time that you're kids. So I, uh, this is a change that I'm very much excited for. Yeah, there was some debate, I think, as well, whether the long range finesses are good or bad because they do mean that theoretically your opponent has to come out to you, which could be considered a good thing. Let's move on to something else, which I know, Japes, you'll be excited about, and that is headers. Mm. First of all, we've got changes to chipped headers. Increase the speed at which the ball travels at following a chipped header and generally lowered the ball trajectory that can result from a chipped header. Do you do chipped headers? Japes, might you start trying chipped headers? I know you get a lot of heading opportunities. Ben, I got to be honest, I can't say I was particularly aware of chip tatters to begin with. <laughs> uh, but now that I know that that's a thing, I'm obviously going to try to do that. That said, the only time I suppose I found myself doing something like this is if it's an over-the-top through ball that's maybe bounced once and the keeper's rushing out. Mm. 
and trying to pop it, you know, over the keeper. But it's not something. No, I guess like theoretically, you play a cross to the back post. You could try to do a little looping header over the keeper. I don't know. I'm gonna have to play around with that and try it. Yeah, I'm hoping it will just be a bit less punishing when I do it by accident trying to change player. I think we'll move on to uh, normal headers actually because uh, this is pretty interesting. So increase the speed at which the ball travels at following a low or mid-powered header and also lower powered headers are more likely to produce a lower ball trajectory. So this is maybe a a more significant change shortener. Do you want to explain a bit about what this actually means in practice? People can see the video, of course, but just for the audio reference. So on the range of the power bar, if you do a header and you either tap it or do like roughly up to about 50% power or less, that trajectory before this change was, was probably quite low and weak and you'll probably never really score them because they were just quite slow, you know? So this change is intended to to try and get that low trajectory in the bottom corner. So like you said, those um, mid to low power request headers will be slightly faster encouraging people to try that and have a different variety of header goals as well as like the chip header like like you were saying earlier um like back stick you kind of like want to loop it back across over the goalkeeper like back post kind of header as well so hopefully it just this one combined will just give you more uh, more tools you know more more variety and type different types of headers which um again, should result in more goals, ideally. Yeah, and it's good in terms of the low-powered header because it's going to allow you to pick the height rather than just being very downward and then not actually necessarily being the best height to beat the keeper. So it's nice to have more control, but also not have power as basically a wasted input. Yeah, I know I've accidentally um, like tapped the button while trying to do a header and it's ended up with like a little U11 header. <laughs> You know, I would say headers are something they're already manually directed. And so adding this to where you can decide if you want it to be, you know, lower, middle, higher, uh, just by, you know, how much power you put on it is a fantastic change in my mind. Yeah, well, I'll certainly defer to Crosser Japes on this one. But something I do know about is skill moves. And there's going to be a new skill move added, the ball roll cut. This can only be performed by players with a four or five star skill move rating, but at least in foot, that's most players at the moment. And the way you do it is by holding L1 or LB on Xbox and flick the right stick back and then back. It's a nice additional option, gives you a sharp turn. I'm sure people will be seeing that in the video at the moment. But it certainly reminds me of what people call the de Jong turn, which is also flicking the right stick back twice. Was that the intention there? Maybe an effective skill move for turning, but also, I guess, it looks nice too. Yeah, you're right. It is like a kind of like turns you back where you came from kind of motion. It's not super flary, but it's quite effective. But I, it shouldn't be too effective. Obviously, that, that line of making it useful but not overpowered is, is the key. So, um, yeah, it's a whole new new motion, new skill move, just to give you more attacking options, you know, like another way to, to maybe go back where you came from or maybe create some space. So it's a really cool-looking animation. It's quite a unique, unique move. So, yeah, I'm pretty excited to see people start to try this in the game. Yeah, definitely. I mean, as someone who typically tries all the new skill moves at the start of a new cycle, exciting to get one added during the cycle instead. And let's move on to some other things. These don't have video accompaniments to them. They're more things that are, I would say, responding to player feedback, perhaps. And this first one, I think, will go down well significantly reduce the reach of attempted shot blocks by AI controlled players 
and slightly reduced the reach of attempted shot blocks by human-controlled players. I mean, Japes, this sounds good, right? We like less blocks, more goals. Yeah, we of course like less blocks and more goals, although I was a defender once in my life. I like to think that I could block more things than not. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm curious to see how the distance between what is blocked or what isn't blocked works and whether you know you can do manual blocks as well um, now and how that might be impacted. Yeah, I think the two key words that, that you called out is the significantly reduced from the AI, but it's slightly reduced for the, the human control defenders. So those two words are quite key in this one where mm. the AI, you'd see more of a difference versus a human defender uh, blocking the shot will be very subtle. So the intention is to reward you if you like you said if you're doing well if you defend correctly and you're controlling the right guy then that won't be as punishing as if it's you're relying on the ai for example which you could argue is probably less intended behavior from the from the player you know so yeah that makes sense and actually the next point is quite similar in terms of what it's trying to achieve Uh, auto tackle uh, we're talking about here and it says significantly decrease the range required for a defender to attempt a tackle without being requested to do so I guess once again, meaning there's less AI assistance, is that basically reducing the auto tackle range that's around a player that you're controlling? Yeah, that's pretty accurate. Yeah, you're right. It's like um, when you're defending, when you're controlling the defender, um, just moving around, either jockeying or just left stick moving around to try and defend the attacker wherever the situation is, there was um, or there is um, a range around the defender where essentially if the attacker gets inside this range, um, you will, without pressing the, the tackle button, the system will say, okay, now we're going to tackle and do a, an auto kind of tackle, is what we call it. So the intention is to try and reward people pressing the tackle button at the right time and not just jockeying and, and trying to keep up with the play and relying on the system to do it for you. We wanted to add that little bit more skill there to, to making you want to press that button, you know? Ben, we've obviously given advice to the listeners like to use the tackle button and mm. like manual defending is something that, you know, I think we all want to feel is rewarding. And, you know, I'm pretty hopeful that this change is going to make defending feel even more manual. Um, and ultimately, I think that increases the skill gap when you're uh, introducing changes like this. So I'm. this is one of the ones that I am extremely excited for. Yeah, it's the fact it says significantly decreased for me, which makes me interested. Sometimes you see slight changes, but this is significant, hopefully, and keen to see how this impacts the game. And similar with contained distance in terms of its impact, because this says increase the contained distance for containing a player when pressing X or second man press, or A, I guess, if you're on Xbox, that does sound like a similar thing in terms of making defense less AI-assisted. Yeah, it is tied together a little bit. There were maybe times where you'd get quite close to the dribbler, and then maybe you'd also get an auto-tackle without you actually mm. pressing the tackle button. So the intention is to still contain the, the dribbler, so you're still in a good position. There's still a good distance between you both, but you shouldn't get that auto-tackle kicking in when, when you either press the secondary contain or the regular contain button, or even if you're just jockeying and running around. So just overall in general, we're trying to enforce people to press that tackle button and switch to the right defender to then press a tackle button at the right time. So Yeah, that makes sense. In terms of what we've talked about so far, I think a lot of people maybe look at this stuff and thinking, this is all great. And part of my frustration this cycle or for a few months has been the fact that, I don't know, blocks have been painful, 
people auto tackling, relying on their defensive AI is a, a common complaint. Is there a reason why this stuff is coming into the game now? I feel like a lot of people probably would have wanted to see uh, certain changes happen earlier, certain tweaks to the AI. Is, is there a reason why it is now that this is happening? I mean, it, it's complicated to make a video game, what? as you guys can probably imagine. <laughs> but um, obviously, we, we continue to like listen to all the feedback. We, we we play the game ourselves. We understand where the game's at. But like coming up with this list of ten changes, um, it it takes time, you know. And then I think the the intention was to kind of bucket it all together, do one one kind of like bigger update all together, to just to kind of like freshen it up and you know and, and inject some more goals into the game. So I think. Um, Hopefully that, that answers your question and gives you enough to go on. Yeah, I guess some people are probably still going to be wondering, you know, why wasn't it a stepped approach? Because that seems better for balance, right? But I can see the attraction of having a larger update, which people can really sink their teeth into rather than it being fragmented and not really providing that refreshing feeling that people may want. But... I guess there are trade-offs there and obviously the dev team have to consider something else I'm sure that is being worked on that isn't yet announced so we won't be talking about it here but what we will talk about is the final point here which is dribbling. It says here slightly increased animation speeds when dribbling, agile dribbling and strafe dribbling also slightly increased the animation speed of reverse stepovers, stepovers and body feint moves. Now James I think you might have a few concerns here because you feel that there is a little bit too much focus on dribbling. Yeah, I mean, I think the way that people like to score now is to try to maybe like skill cancel past players and use quick agile attackers to dribble. Um, and, you know, when we're talking about increasing animation speeds when dribbling, that is, uh, makes me a little bit nervous um, just because you already have this host of players that feel lightning quick and the defenders have a, there's like a limited crop of defenders in the game that are able to keep up with that level of agility. Um, so, you know, improving that, I think is going to, maybe it will open the game up more, which maybe can be good and easier to break down defensive blocks that sit really, really deep. But I think this is a change that to me probably benefits the middle um, or the highest part of the bell curve, but for the you know top end players, could introduce a level of frustration. That said, improving the speed of some animations like stepovers feels like a, a necessary change. There's a very slight increase in playback animation speed, so it, it's not going to be a drastic change that one. But but like you said earlier, um, the intention is tying back to the original goal of having more attacking options, more more goals, more. Um, more tools on the attacking side, but um, but this is just very small percentage of everything combined. This this dribbling uh, this dribbling change. Mm -hmm. Real quick, yeah. Just to add in, when you when you say um, the playback animation speed, can you elaborate a little bit further? You know, as the listeners kind of take these changes into account, is there anything that they should be trying to feel the change? Yeah, it's um, like you said, it's based on attributes. Dribbling attribute, agility attributes, and reactions, um, and also there's like a slight player height. So if you've got tall player versus a small uh, small player, so those are the those are the type of attributes we, we do when we just consider how quick or, or slow the animation plays back in dribbling. So for example, if you've got like a goalkeeper dribbling around, you'll see the difference of the how slow the animations or how slow the player turns and takes a touch with the ball versus like a, a Messi, for example, who's like 
high end on the dribbling side. So, so yeah, hopefully did that explain mm-hmm. it enough to you? Yeah, definitely. I think Ben and I talk a lot about which attributes seem to be important yeah. <laughs> like time and time again, or like secret, not, I don't know if it's secret ac- attributes, but um, attributes that seem to impact things more than you might think. And I think the extent of the change will be interesting to tell. Like, can with this change, can you use a player that's got, you know, in the 80s agility wise and they're going to feel better, feel quicker turning? So it could introduce a, a larger variety of players. Also, fascinating to know that reactions is a factor in the playback speed cool. of animations because that explains. I've always felt like players with high reactions feel better on the ball, but typically associate reactions with more loose balls or reading situations than having the ball at your feet. But it is in the dribbling category, of course. Now, we've gone through all 10 of these new features. Just quickly, before we wrap up, because we've talked about dribbling and we've talked about balancing, do you want to bring up your big gripe, which is, of course, being able to cancel skill moves? My issue with canceling, Ben, is not that you can cancel. It's that the animations that the game gives you when a player does cancel a skill move feels super unrealistic to me. Mm. Like the animation speed when something's canceled as well. Like if I'm if I'm going to do a skill move and I've shifted my body weight to start doing the skill move, I can't magically teleport my weight back to the other side and just because I decided in my head I'm going to cancel it, right? I'm going to like trip over myself a little bit or fumble the ball. Like So generally my issue with skill canceling is around the way the animations play out. It's a tough one. Like the, the intention of it is obviously add a little bit more user skill. It's super hardcore to do this cancelable skill move, um, and, and it's always tricky to not make it too overpowered or too too useful. So um, it's something we'd definitely keep monitoring and keep an eye on. Um, we definitely don't want to put overpowered mechanics into the game. We want to make it fun for everybody, but um, but also keep that skill level there. You know, so it's it's a tough line. Um, we always keep monitoring these things and keep an eye on them for future references for sure. Yeah, I guess that's why you saw the Lacroqueta being uncancelable and uh, there's always that balance to be struck with cancelling skill moves. Certain ones do look weird, I agree with Jake. Some of them, I think, work and add a certain level of skill. One thing I wanted to bring up was the defensive depth, something that has been very frustrating throughout the cycle on next gen, creating a lot of space in front of it and not staying in a line. There are going to be these things that people are frustrated about, not happy that they haven't been changed. What would you say to those people about their concerns? I mean, we, we will still be keeping an eye on the game, keeping an eye on the feedback and trying to address high priority things that are maybe breaking the game, let's say, or making it unfun for people. So if there's something really big that it's a very common trend across the community where we're like, you know what, this is something we need to look at, then that's definitely on the table. But there is um, a priority to start looking at future games as well, which we can't talk about too much today. But keep sharing that feedback, keep sharing videos. Um, we all keep an eye on that and keep looking at, at the game. So um, if anything is still frustrating you guys, just keep communicating it. We'll, we'll definitely keep an eye on it. Yeah, it makes sense. And I think the final thing to say is that actually, Japes, I'm speak on behalf of you here probably and most of the community it's great to see such a significant gameplay patch or any gameplay patch at all at this stage in the cycle and looking forward to trying it out you know ben i wholeheartedly disagree i'm just (laughs) kidding no it's really fun i think over the summer oftentimes we're like well we've been playing this very much like kind of exact same game for a while and we started looking towards you know things in the future i this 
you know, should spice things up. And the theme uh, is my favorite four letter word, which is goal. And that is, you know, great to see. And I, um, I'm hopeful and optimistic with the changes. I think if there's a time to do it and see what happens now is absolutely the time to do it. So, you know, kind of like mm-hmm. bravo on that. Yeah, and we should say actually really keen to hear listener thoughts when this drops on consoles, which should be the week of the 11th of July, early in that week. If you're on PC, then the patch will be out. When you're listening to this, do send your thoughts in to at footweeklypod on Twitter or footweekly at mail.com. And if you'd like to hear our thoughts on this patch, once we've got our hands on it, then you can subscribe to the Foot Weekly podcast via all the podcast platforms. And on YouTube, we'll be talking about it probably in about a week's time or two weeks time from now. So we should say thank you very much to Sean for coming on this podcast. It's been great to have your insight. You're welcome. Anytime. Happy to be here. Great to have you. And if we don't catch you before, good luck with that Group B World Cup dynamic. (laughs) I know there's going to be some some tension in my family over the next couple of months. Thank you very much as well to Japes. Great to have you on the podcast. It is at AirJapes on Twitter. Yes, Twitter at AirJapes. Great. Well, thank you very much as well to you, listener, for joining us on this podcast. Do subscribe if you'd like these podcasts directly into your podcast app or on YouTube. And if you'd like to support Get Extra Podcast every week via Patreon, just search Support for Weekly. To all those supporters keeping the podcast going, thank you very much. And a big thank you to those icon patrons. Dave B., Coach Vass, Chris W., DJ FIFA Player, Hugh J., Steve C., Matt L., Alistair, Alan G., Anthony R., Dominic, Rob P., L., Jeff B., Christopher R., Stephen F., Michael, Tom B., Damon H., Nick Jack M., Eric T., Roger D., Alex M., Dan W., Sila P., Matt H., Harry P., Neil P., Adam G., At Pace of a Tortoise, Brian S., Andrew C., Sam K., Jake G., Michael P., Zach O., Springford, Patrick, Dominic G., Adam H. C., Adam R., Andy H., Joe W., Dylan, Orion B., Mindor L., and Tim J. Plus a special thanks to Luke M., Dave B., Hugh J., Tom M., Darren W., and Pato Foot for advice and production assistance. Before I leave you, just one more thing to add, though. FIFA's a bit like life, really. It has its many ups and its many downs. If you're having a few more downs than ups in real life in these more difficult times, then please don't feel that you're alone or need to struggle on without taking action. If you go to thecalmzone.net, there's loads of resources, advice, support, or even just a friendly chat for anyone who needs it. If it sounds like it could help you, then head over to thecalmzone.net. And for now, have a good one, and I'll catch you on the next podcast. Everyone knows that putting money aside in savings is really important. But then what? Should you keep your savings locked in a CD for a higher rate or keep them liquid in a money market? Can your checking account help you save too? Or is it about creating the right combination? We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk about the savings options that are right for you. Learn more at sandyspringbank.com. Member FDIC. Sports Social Podcast Network.